everyone, Shannon Tipton here, and welcome to the Learning Rebels Coffee Chat, where all the cool L&D peeps hang out. While you're here, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on future chats. Today, the cool kids were talking about the secret sauce behind successful sales training. Our conversation today is centered around the understanding that much of the sales content delivered to salespeople is similar. What really makes it different is going to be the delivery. Now, salespeople are a unique group of learners. They want the training, but they want it to be relevant, not to disrupt from their time on the job, and they want it to be easily consumable. Oh, wait, maybe they aren't that different after all. But there are some unique barriers, however, and how we deliver training to the sales team has to be viewed from a different lens. Therefore, let's answer the big question on the table. What different sales training ideas or processes can we use to help sales teams see greater success? So without further ado, let's get to it. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another Learning Rebels Coffee Chat. And today our topic is the secret sauce behind sales training. I love the topic. I've been in sales for a million years, including Girl Scout cookies and stuff like that. Like I, I won the special camping cup that collapsed flat, but you know, I'm all about resource selling and that sort of thing. I just had a, not a heated discussion, but members of my team, you know, who want to try to do a one call close and all that kind of stuff. And I think that in the long run, it doesn't work. So selling through authenticity has always gotten me through. So I'm always, I love that we've gone from sales training to sales enablement. We're starting to change some of the words because sales is such a dirty word, even though we're all doing it 24 seven every day. Exactly. And Mary, thank you, Mary, for popping up there in the chat. So she says that she's not with sales training within her organization, but always willing to learn something new. And I think that's the benefit, isn't it? Is that sales training, a lot of organizations keep sales training separate from their actual training departments for some reason, because the techniques really do overlap. So there's a lot that we can take advantage of. And and subsequently, that's why I put in the email that even though you're not a sales trainer, you may have ideas about how to reinforce the exchange of knowledge that would benefit those who are involved in sales training. So thank you for that. You know, I'm sure somebody's got a book (laughs) There are so many books out there about sales training that are relevant today. I can think of a few that are older, but I'm sure we can come up with some that are relevant for sure. And so now here's the question. What is the struggle when we're specifically talking about sales training, sales enablement? What is the specific struggle that is happening out there? Yeah, I feel like there's so many different things that kind of contribute to like what makes it kind of scary. But I just got a role where I am not tied to a specific line of business. And I get to see how we need to build a program that would allow their subject matter experts working with the trainers to develop some content that really would be very similar across like all lines, but no one in the line realizes that because they think their sales is so unique. You're right. And I have yet to work 
for or with an organization that doesn't believe that their sales is unique. And even though it's sales is sales is sales, your product may be different and your product knowledge programs may be different, but the methods are not that terribly different. And I agree with you. I think I see from a struggle perspective is a lot of salespeople, they have a lot of great knowledge and a lot of great experience. And so we put them into that place of leading learning and they may not necessarily be the best person for that. That brings up a good question. So how are we bringing sales subject matter experts into the training world so that they can do it successfully, so that they can present their content and really do ensure the exchange of knowledge. So how are you helping them with that? How can we help with that? We've been experimenting with something that's just basically a pitch tank where people record their pitches. It's on video. They have 30 seconds. It's like an elevator pitch. And then they can look at themselves and see Are they delivering the message uh, with all the value propositions added? Are they stammering on it? Are they confident? Are they authentic? And then, you know, it's a private group, so nobody else can see it, but it's that core group and it builds community with them. Because sometimes in sales, depending on if it's commission structured, all that, sometimes you can't get a community and your best salesperson isn't always helpful to those who need some tutoring because it could affect their paycheck. So there's, it depends on how you're doing it with pay as well, if that affects them. I see. So other salespeople don't want to share their particular secret sauce. If it's a commission-based organization, sometimes they don't want to do that because if I'm the best salesperson and I teach you how to sell sofas as well as I sell them, you might get in on some of my territory. And that's the downside of full commission. You know, it's hard to build community in that environment. And Donna, if I'm commission only, you're going to take time out of my day to record this video when I could be making money. Exactly. Exactly. So doesn't mean you can't get them to participate, but, you know, putting them in a leadership role. And you've seen that too, where a really good productive salesperson is sometimes promoted to management. And sometimes the good salespeople aren't always the best leaders, shall we say. (laughs) This is a safe space, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And I think that we would all agree with that. Regardless of department, that happens all over the place, right? But I think you're bringing up an interesting barrier to success which is when we're trying to compete with the salesperson's wallet. I love the idea, Donna, about the 30-second videos with the pitch tank because that doesn't take a whole lot of time and you're not really giving anything away as far as knowledge or you can still say this is my area of expertise without giving away your secrets to perhaps other people within your organization. Yeah. What other ideas are you all using to help balance that? Because it's a big balance. And Kelly, you have a lot of experience in sales, working with salespeople. I do know that, Shannon, what you said about you're competing with our wallets is true. Our salespeople aren't just selling, but they're also doing patient support and they're in in the operating room. We're a medical device company. And so you're not just competing with their wallet. You're also competing with patient care. It is challenging to get that time. And like, I had no idea what windshield time was. Like they were kept talking <laughs> about windshield time. And I was like, what, what the heck is windshield time? It's the drive time. It's the time in the car is what it, it loosely refers to as windshield time. <laughs> I haven't heard that term in a while, but yeah. 
the competition is thick. I think it's important to identify that there are a variety of different types of sales. So you have you know, over-the-counter type of sales where you're depending on cross-selling and upselling of different product to a person who's already there or is already in your ecosystem. And then you have those that are dedicated salespeople who are out, they're doing the cold calls, they're following up on leads, they're pushing the new product out to the market. Two very different types of sales. So now is what are some of the techniques that we can use to help those salespeople be more successful? And one of the things that I've seen in the past, which always just kills me sometimes, is that, you know, we lean on old techniques and we have a whole new process of sales that is happening right now, especially when you think about coming out of the other end of the pandemic. And tackling that becomes critical. So what are some of the new techniques that we can use? So let's, let me throw one out. The typical one is like role plays. So we're going to have the salespeople role play selling to somebody else. And the twist on that would be Donna's pitch tank. I think that's a great twist on role playing exercises. So how can we twist that and think about role-playing exercises in a, ooh, that's a different approach that salespeople might be able to get behind. Somebody had mentioned uh, mobile device friendly because just-in-time training, depending on what you're selling, a lot of times there's details there and having product knowledge and support from your company is huge. And we've all been in situations where people have been oversold and the marketing department and the engineering department and the sales department are not always copacetic, but nothing happens until a sale is made, regardless of where you are. So, but more access to better on demand or just in time, like I might be going into a sales meeting and suddenly I forgot, crap, what is the, what are the dimensions of that filing cabinet? And then if I have a quick access, I don't want to file through some PDF stuff. I want to be able to type in file cabinet and get the details I need. And then I look smart and competent going in when I'm client facing. And that builds trust with the client too. If I know my stuff, it builds trust. Which is a huge barrier to success, isn't it? Because today the consumer is more informed than ever before. And now it's like you're competing with with the internet, Ebony. Working in insurance and investments, I'm like, "Mm, they have access, more access to information than ever before. And they believe they're more informed than ever before. And then that creates a whole other (laughs) issue. Different side of the same coin. Yes, Ebony, I hear you. (laughs) Yeah, it raises the bar. It makes a salesperson differentiate themselves beyond just the product, but it's the advice too. And so how can we better teach that, Todd? I've dealt with a lot of people who uh, know know enough to be dangerous. So I know what you're talking about, Ebony. How do we teach that? You know, this is a good question because I'm struggling. I think back, I did a contract with Google in Chicago for their salespeople. I'm not so sure that e-learning and the type of training they were doing in that was the best route. And I'm not so sure I have all the answers for anything in the future of what could be the best route. I mean, I love when you've got kind of recorded pitches and people can practice and more hands-on role-playing, but so much is done over the phone and 
email connections and things for uh, with Google's ad sales specifically, it wasn't face to face. They weren't, you know, necessarily going out and making these face to face connections. So I'm still struggling. I want to pick up as much as possible here. Like I said, this is not my forte area. So I want to learn, but I think there's got to be, there's got to be something more ingenious that we could be doing using tech today, as long as we have access to it, to better train. But there's a number of caveats there. And then like we have a problem with the bank I'm with right now, they are limited on bandwidth in their facility. So all the individuals getting trained can't be on camera. All right. That's kind of cutting you off at the knees right there. So let's think through it. Beth, I'm curious, what is your background and what are your thoughts behind the topic? I am in this role. I have not been in sales. So I concur with everyone's thoughts that it's hard to build trust when you haven't done this. In fact, there's a an atmosphere right now that one of our senior leaders has never been in sales. So there's some animosity towards even that. You know, you haven't walked a mile in my shoes. How dare you set expectations, all those kind of pieces. So we have a very experienced sales group of 200 or less, and they know what they're doing. Our go-to-market strategy has shifted uh, since January. The thought of them going through training is beneath them because they, they've they got it and they're successful. So, you know, it's it's not broke. Why fix it? And much of what we do is, to your point, Shannon, the old stuff We haven't really renewed a lot of what we've done. We've launched a lot of training this year, but it has been mainly on demand. So people can do it when they have their office days. But we do the role plays and we still do a lot of it how we've done it in the past. Um, It gets, you know, decent reviews, but it's not, doesn't have an injection of new stuff. So Donna, we we have brain sharks. So we have tried the, the video coaching, have had limited uptake. So trying to find a group right now that will, grasp that concept and have a, you know, kind of a pilot so that we can say, look at how awesome this is. And they, they can tell their friends and have that peer, you know, group. Uh, so trying to find those ideas, but loving the conversation. So thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And thank you for that input. You know, trust is something that is huge in regards to sales and salespeople themselves. I hesitate to say, cause I, I really don't like generalizing In my experience, I'll just say it like this. In my experience, I find that salespeople are a little bit more cynical sometimes because they're in that role of seeing all sorts of different people in all sorts of different environments. Excuse me. They see the bullshit coming. Now it's how can we build that trust? How can we be more authentic with them and just letting them know we're not putting them through these sorts of exercises just because that's what we've always done. So now I think we can lean back. We can lean on our experiences as good L&D professionals because a lot of these techniques do transfer over. And so if you think about Todd's point, okay, so you don't have bandwidth for video. So what's the next logical thing? If it's not video, it's what? Is it coaching? Is it the sales managers and directors taking a more hands-on role to not turn their meetings, all of their meetings into how many widgets did you sell this week is what are your challenges that you're having? And let's talk about the objections you're getting and, and coaching. So maybe there's an opportunity to train 
the sales directors because they are reaching in at this part of their job. They should be pinging their people like all the time, right? Like at least once a week, right? So maybe that's an opportunity if we're not going to use video, could we upskill sales management in how to coach and how to train? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've always said this and it's not new for those of you who've been on this chat with me for many moons is we need to activate managers sooner in the training process so that they can be those ears on the ground that we are not. And managers are going to be the ones that stop good training for whatever reason, you know, either they're not aligned to it, they don't believe in it, it gets in the way of work or what have you. So now it's the matter of how do we activate them? I agree with that, Kelly. Ebony, I see your hand. I'll be brief. I really do like tech. I love to click the buttons and try everything. But in my experience, really great salespeople come from two camps. One says, I use this process every single time with every single client and I get consistent results. And then you've got the other camp that says, I fly by the seat of my pants and I read the situation and I rock out because I read the situation. And I would argue that there's far more overlap, like there is a process even to those who don't believe they have a process. So our role would be to, you know, do a deep dive analysis in our organization to find out what that process looks like from start to can't say finish because really sales is a cycle. But what would it look like? How can we define it? And if you could get those managers and leaders to buy in with what their frontline salespeople are saying is what they do every day. And then to bless it so that it becomes like the way the organization does their sales, that would be such a win. And regardless of how we decide to deliver that content, it would give managers something to coach to. It would give someone who's new a process to learn. It would give someone who was trying to develop areas to figure out where they could enhance their skills. And then it would allow us to go, oh, in this process, your issue was follow-up. We can teach you follow-up, hey. And then that kind of makes it a little bit easier, more manageable for us, whether or not we have sales training. I like that. Here's what I like is everything has some sort of underpinning process. There's always a foundation of a process somewhere. What are we doing to figure that out? And I think for you, Todd, that would also be something that I would do is find out what are those conversations like over the counter? What do they sound like? What sort of words are they using? And how can you build that in that natural conversation into part of a process, right? How do we get them to practice that? How do we get them to use it? And I'm seeing a lot of conversation in the chat over video. Use video, don't use video. Should we use video? Should we not use video? Where does video come into the sales process? What I think is interesting is that yes, video, yes. I don't think that we're falling back enough on just audio. We're sleeping on audio. Yeah, podcasts, exactly, Elizabeth. So see question above. Elizabeth's question was, is companies L&D needed for sales techniques? Is that in scope? Is it focusing on all the ways to sell this particular product? And I think that there's a marriage that could be happening. If not married by a marriage, maybe we can live together <laughs> between sales, sales training and L&D. It is a partnership here. And if we went into the sales world and said, how this is how we can help you because we have 
a strong knowledge of adult learning theory, we can help you here. You have all of the sales techniques. Maybe I'm not a tactical salesperson or a relationship building salesperson, or maybe I don't have information about sales enablement, but I can learn that and I can help you with it. Right. And I think that that's where our next logical step is. Now, let me bring this back to audio. Doesn't necessarily have to be a podcast, but audio clips can be beneficial. So let's think out of the box here. I'm going to throw it over to you so that it doesn't become the Shannon show. It's not supposed to be the Shannon show. It's supposed to be your show. How can you imagine using audio if you do not have the capability for video? I could imagine an interactive quiz using actual statements spoken with inflection. You could listen to A, B, and C, and D, or or you could listen to some scenario, or you could listen to the first objection or something, and then what's your counter objection? I think hearing it could definitely create more of the ambiance and the environment that a salesperson would be in personally. And there's some great products. I haven't investigated all of them, but one I have used, just used it in an animation for Home Depot. They used it and it was speech alo where you can copy paste text right into a speech generator, AI speech generator. It was pretty darn accurate. There was only certain things that I had to tweak, maybe spell a word differently so it phonetically pronounced it differently. But, you know, I mean, you could knock out audio nowadays 10 times quicker than having to hire a voiceover person or something like that. And I've done a lot of voiceover, so I hate the idea of turning to AI, but some of it's really good. Mm-hmm. So that's one way I could think is we could build more interactive audio scenario-based questions or situations that are kind of like role-playing, but generated completely and wholly with just you and this me. So I think that's one way. I love that idea. Why make them read something when they can hear it? Because that's really what, if we go back to Patty Shanks, if you remember Patty Shanks, Learn Something New Wednesday, she's talking about putting the test questions in the context of how people are going to respond to them or how people are going to use the answers in real life. And I think that's a great example, Todd. I love that. Stella, I see your hand. It's okay for for a native English speaker, but if you have a lot of foreigners and I only have foreigners and the native speakers are a minority, I think I have to work with visuals, only visuals and some text and subtitles and everything. So they get maybe half of it. But I wanted to uh, tell you another thing because you've always insisting the last month on contacting the managers. So last week I was talking to, to the sales director, to one of the 10 directors, and I was telling him, listen, there are only two sales directors that are really doing their job. And their teams, they have done all the online trainings and all the rest, they are not, not doing it. I will stop doing online courses. And now we have to get the salespeople doing it, you know. And I, I named the persons, you know. I said, it's only Roberto in Italy and Christina, she's for Eastern Europe. And they are the best. They have the best sales figures, the best teams, you know. There, there is some link. 
And then uh, this, the sales director I was talking to, he's the most important one, and his team is not trained at all. So he said, well, Stella, tomorrow you will be training my team. I will be there as well. You get one hour every second Friday. And uh, we are doing it together. So I show... Um, some slides of the video. I show them the short quizzes, you know, and the quizzes, they are little scenarios. The customer asks this and this, what do you respond? And I was shocked a bit. There were so many common misconceptions. I'm working in the biotech industry, so we do hand pipetting and automated pipetting. And they said, automates are better and faster. And it's not, it's not. Yeah. So I was telling them and I asked them, what do you suggest? And I will do this for all the sales team, you know, have my coffee chat with the, with the sales persons and in a group. And they get very, very silent when it comes to answer the question. And then you reveal the misconceptions and their self-efficacy is not balanced. They think they know everything, but so I will stick to the most important stuff they should know. And maybe I have meetings with all the uh, other foreigners. So this helped me really, um, Shannon, that you always said you have to get the managers involved. It's, it's a social contract. You know, we have, I'm not responsible for everyone to get trained. So, uh, and what I also do, I look for the stars. I look for the, the best salespersons and I, I do videos with them, only five minutes long. There's a photo with them and then some slides with nice visuals. I prepare everything. They can modify whatever they want, but it should stay short. And I tell them, you know, the upper management will watch this video and your colleagues so they know they they have their reputation. You know, that's, that's also something that, that worked quite well. And um, they show their technique, how they work from their car using a tablet and everything. So involving the, the best salespersons with very short videos, that's helped me a lot. That's excellent. That's excellent. Good for you. I mean, can we just round of applause for Stella? Because the fact that you said it's these people, I think that's huge. And it took bravery. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in the company for 20 years. So, you know, I just went to the manager, listen, no more online trainings. We have to get your people. And, and then I think it was his reputation in question. You know, he's in the headquarter and the Italians and the East Europeans are better. You know, his reputation was in question. Beforehand, I said, I'm getting a depression, you know, because... No one is doing the courses except the Italians, the Spaniards, and Christina. So what's the point? I stop it, you know. I showed my, my distress and my trouble, you know. And everyone wants online trainings. Everyone. And I said, no, I'm not doing it. I really said, no, I'm not doing it. And they accepted it, yeah. So... That was my great day yesterday. <laughs> That's great. And congratulations. Yes, definitely. Congratulations, Stella. And good for you, you know, for holding your ground. And good for you for knowing your audience. Some of the techniques that we talk about, not necessarily on this chat, but on others, 
you know, we talk about a variety of different techniques, but it all goes to context. I love that you were held your ground and said, okay, we're going to do this in person, but it's not going to be just my voice. And I think that's the important add-on there. It's not just your voice. It's also the sales directors. It's also the leaders who are helping be the champion to the message. So good on you in your little bit there. You gave off several good ideas, like having your own coffee chat with the salespeople, bringing them in and not being the leader, but being the moderator and letting them share whatever it is that they want to share at that moment, because that also builds trust because you're not always going to get the results that you expect. I have many coffee chats. As you guys know, we have many of them. And some of them don't go the way that I thought that they were going to go because I let, you know, you guys drive the conversation. So I come in with one goal and I leave with other things that happen. It's like, oh, wow, that was interesting. Okay. All right, cool. You know, so I think when you're dealing with salespeople, it's important to let that flow the way that it flowed. So yay, you. All right. Kelly, I see your hand. I'm going back to that problem of windshield time podcasts, audio. And what we've seen is that there are different ways to sell and solve different customers' problems. We have like the competitive physicians, and then we have the first adopters. And how we sell to those people are a little different. But we find that when we get at sales meetings, and it's very difficult for them to practice the different ways to sell those and to remember it. And, you know, we had the technology tool question, but I was kind of thinking my Amazon device over there, <laughs> no, I won't say her name, does play a game where you can, you say an answer and then they respond. And I'm not so much as a game, but you could say, okay, this is the scenario. Would you like to hear the selling to a competitor user? And if said yes, then here would be the competitive user conversation, like have a recording. And I don't know if this is possible or if this is, but it's it very possible. It's very possible. It seems to me that if they could hear it and they're in the car, like if they wanted to pause and, and then they could practice that, that that would be something that maybe they would use. I don't know, but it seems like windshield time and that interactive and then hearing the different approaches. And they said, no, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear how to sell to a new adopter or new physician. What do those scenarios sound like and what's been effective? And certainly asking the most effective salespeople, how do they do this, right? But it seems to me something like that would be somewhat interactive and they could hear the different approaches because that's kind of what we try to do in person. We try to get them to say, okay, here's this scenario, now try this. And the other salesperson is the devil's advocate. And you could have an AI say, well, I just really like this other companies I've worked with their rep for years, right? And so something like that. And that is absolutely doable. The device in which you're talking about, because I have one in this office as well, so let's not wake her up. You can create training on that device, and all they have to do is wake up the device and just ask it. Just like you said, exactly what you said, Kelly, is completely doable. How much additional support do you think would be needed to kind of drive it and ensure that people are using this specifically when they're traveling? I mean, you'd have to build awareness. You'd have to get some good manager support and stuff behind it. And then you'd kind of have to have a little bit of a PR campaign mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, launch it and, and make sure people 
get in the flow of using it on a regular basis. And I think it's a great idea. I love it. I'm trying to think how I can apply it right now because because I like it. The more the more we stay focused on this audio, it streamlines. It's the bandwidth. It streamlines the overall investment in tech and also the effort, you know, to create video, edit video, all that stuff is so much more time intensive and we need things that are efficient. So I think they're great ideas. I hope, I hope to hear more. <laughs> and well, before I get into that, I see here, Sharika, I see you on the screen, although we haven't heard from you. So I'd like to give you an opportunity if you had any thoughts or ideas that you wanted to contribute. I appreciate being here and hearing what you all say. It's it's really good to, in one sense, hear sort of the same struggles that I have as well. I am in sales training for a medical device company. And, you know, we hear time and time again about how role play is not something that the sales team wants to do, but they recognize at the end of the day how beneficial it is after they've gotten that chance to talk through it and get some feedback I think where we do struggle is not only the tools we've used, we've implemented things like QStream that allows us to do that sort of video coaching, right? But getting our leaders to provide that feedback has been a struggle. And so then the folks that were doing it don't want to do it anymore because they're not getting the feedback. So I really like this last idea about using the device that we will not name. (laughs) (laughs) It perked my interest thinking about how we could actually put that into to use, I think it would pique a lot of interest on the team. You're right. It's that lack of feedback, isn't it? Why are they going to participate if they're not going to get any feedback on their performance? So it goes back to, you know, Stella's conversation and everybody else's conversation, which is about how do we instill in sales directors, leaders, et cetera, that it's not bottom up. It's a collaborative effort everybody needs to be involved, right? It takes a village and you, Mr. Leader, Miss Leader, you're part of this village. As a matter of fact, you are the leader of the village. (laughs) So you need to be even more involved in what is happening. Now, it could be when we think about audio and using the device that shall not be named, it could also be a podcast. And I'm going to say podcast in bunny ears. It's a quote. Because what you can do is you can create audio clips and create a topic, let's say product X. So the product X podcast, and then you can do episodes again, quote episodes, right? That talk about here's one five minute or 15 minute episode about the features. Here's another 15 minute episode about frequently asked questions. Here's another episode about dealing with objections. Here's another episode about things that might be barriers to entry for this product, right? So you can do all of this and put it under the guise of a podcast. And there are many podcasting hosting platforms that do it securely. They do it especially for organizations. So you don't have to use one like Podbean, which is what we use for our podcast to host it. There are other ways to get around that. And so at least it's listening. And so Todd, for you, is like, well, maybe they can listen to it while they're having lunch, or maybe it's easy enough for them to listen to while they're on break. You know, not that they have to, but here it is, you know, to get tips and techniques for that. And then you have tools, well, like Donna, like Donna, your tool. So Donna works for a company called Learny, and Learny is all about video training. 
And it's kind of what I refer to as, and I might be wrong, it's like the TikTok for learning. And I think that that's fun. And it's a great tool that people might be able to utilize as well, because it's right there. It's on the phone and it's easy access, right? So that's another secure entry to getting learning out in front of people. Not that I want to plug your product or we can plug your product, Donna, but I realize that's not why you're here. There's always that fine line there. I am happy to talk sales, but, and not just my platform, but other platforms that put it in. It's micro learning is what Shannon's talking about. And I've learned, let me plug Shannon. I've read this book a dozen times and it's all about micro learning. Although I'm not the author of that book. Let's be clear. She's not the author, but she's quoted in here several times, but yes, like And this is great for salespeople because we tend to be a little bit neurodiverse sometimes. We tend to be quick thinkers, not all the time, but like micro learning to put it in a 30 second burst or whatever tool you want to use. But to condense that message, I think Kelly, somebody was saying it earlier where no fluff, no stuff, just direct and to the point and then making it searchable. So that's easy. I just have to go type in. I want to learn the microphone that Laidback T-Man has. I type in just the word for that microphone. Now I have the specs for that. Micro learning comes under that just-in-time learning, learning on demand. It's all of that stuff. Because a lot of times in order for salespeople to make their numbers, if they know their conversion rates, for them to get 10 sales, they have to talk to 100 people or whatever their conversion rate is. So bam, bam, bam. Their time for training, even though it's so important, they feel like they don't have time for it. Well, if you're not going to train because you don't have time, You're not going to be able to make the sales that would give you the more time that you could train it. Y'all know that it all layers on top of each other. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? And we go back talking about role plays because here, you know, this is like video role play. And then you can also do the same thing with audio. So you have like kind of this audio, quote unquote, role play loosely defined. And is doing role plays differently because I realize that a lot of organizations, you know, still do lean on role plays. But here's my view on role plays is we don't do them well enough. And the people who are participating in the role plays, they are just acting through the role play. They're saying what you want them to say. And then everyone gets a high five and a gold star and they go about their way. And we're shocked and amazed when they don't do it the way that we needed them to do it because they really didn't practice the skill. And part of, I think if we wanted to take role plays one step further, it's all about And some of you may already do this. If you're doing role plays in a triad rather than two, and you're putting that triad up against a rubric, so you're building a rubric about what they are supposed to be saying and how they're supposed to be saying it, and you have someone there with an unbiased eye who is going through the rubric with them. Tedious, but that's what makes it beneficial. And For the people in the back, for the people who are listening and not on this call, please do not bring your role players to the front of the group and have them role play in front of a bunch of people. Rude and wrong. Okay. So how can we do this? So I think that we can do role plays and not necessarily have to all be in the same place. So the yes, there's a place for Teams and yes, there's a place for Slack and all of those other places, Zoom, right? But what if we can't get them all together? And so maybe, again, this is where audio bits or video bits can come in handy, where they record something and then somebody else listens to it, gives them feedback, and they record their bit. So it becomes more of a virtual role play. So maybe there's an idea there. I don't know exactly how that might work. I sense that there's a possibility there. Lots of different ways to take a look at this. And while I have you here um, and talking about different ways 
the Learn Something New Wednesday all about sketch noting. And there was an interesting study that Rachel Burnham conducted about sketch noting and learning reinforcement. What they did is that they took a class and they had a control group and a real group. And so in the control group, they gave them an extra 10 minutes at the end of each lesson to sketch note their learning. And the control group did not have that same 10 minutes. And people didn't know how to draw. They weren't, they didn't go through a formalized sketch noting class or any of those things. But the study showed that at the end of their time together, at the end of that, like a university type class, the scores were higher for the group that had the ability to sketch note at the final 10 minutes of the lessons. But more importantly, the lower scores were higher. So that means that if the low scores of the class were, you know, 25%, those low scores were even higher because they had that opportunity to think differently about how they were processing the lessons. And I thought that was a really important piece of information that came out of that study. So maybe there's something in it when we're talking about how can we get salespeople because they're very creative too. So maybe this might be another area to bring out creativity with the sales force, possibly in your knowledge or, or participating in the Learn Something New Wednesday. Maybe that's information that you can also take that and practice with the group. And I've done this in classroom training before where I've said, on this flip chart paper, you as a group create a picture of what you've just learned. Kelly? I'm going to put a plug in for people who have um, dyslexia and dysgraphia. Writing notes is very difficult. My daughter's grades went up tremendously when she began to draw the notes rather than take the written notes because she had so many problems with the written words. So she was accused of doodling in class, but she was actually making, you know, the voyage with three ships across the Atlantic and the names of each one of those ships she put into like a pinata and a, you know, so it was like visual cues for her to remember the names of the three ships. And so when we figured this out was I think her sophomore year in high school, the information flow started to go. So she would just kind of sketch things out very quickly. And it did actually very much help children and people with dyslexia. This is an amazing way to reinforce learning. Well, I think that's why some people end up in sales because they're just better communicators. They would much rather be out and talking to people and having that contact rather than doing something out of, you know, P&Ls or books or things like that. You know, I think that's how some people actually start some of their careers. And I think that this is a different way when we think about how can we help salespeople do better at what they do? Maybe this is just a different technique. It's just a coincidence that this coffee chat and that learn something new just happen to be up against each other. But I think it might, there might be something there about how we can help them think differently through their own sales process. Maybe it's about sketchnoting their sales process. You know, that might be a, a fun exercise and a important exercise for you as L&D people. Because as we, as I go back to the beginning of our conversation, it was maybe there is a process they haven't articulated that there's a process, but there is one. What does it look like? And this might be a way to get into that. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. As always, new ideas. And I actually have a lot of notes here from some of the new ideas that you guys just off the cuff came up with. And I love it. And I think that this will be of a real benefit for a lot of sales trainers and a lot of sales leaders that will reflect back. 
from our conversation today. So thank you, everyone. I appreciate it. Any good plans for the weekend? No? I'm just going to enjoy the fall, I think. I'm just going to enjoy this nice weather that we're having. I've got a big apple tree in the backyard. I think I'm going to pick some apples, too. That's all my plan. Well, I hope you bake a pie. Yeah. <laughs> apple pie. Thank you, everyone, for hanging with us for another Learning Rebels Coffee Chat. I knew this was going to be an interesting topic, tackling sales training. While salespeople require the same things that any other workplace learner requires, it's all about the delivery, building trust, and being authentic. So what were the key takeaways today? First, we must consider the barriers to entry. For salespeople, time is money, literally. Anything that moves beyond what they need to know to do the job is a non-starter. As the Coffee Chat group stated, no fluff, no extra stuff. This means moving beyond simply knowing your audience. It means being hyper-focused on the audience and who you're delivering your message to. Secondly, we must activate management. Stella shared some critical insight here. If leadership doesn't support the effort, then the training is wasted. And I appreciate Stella's story. It's an important example of having the courage of commitment to stand your ground about what will work and what won't. Now, there were many examples of how we can put the right content in front of the right people at the right time. Take advantage of the windshield time through the use of more audio, be mobile friendly, host a sales coffee chat of your own, and many, many more ideas, which are all going to be listed in the show notes below. We have the ability to change how sales training is being delivered for greater impact, not only to reach business goals, but also to help the salespeople reach personal goals. As you heard, the ideas here were only limited by our imagination. So now you want to join us live? And you know you do. Go on over to learningrebels.com and sign on up. In the meantime, stay curious, be rebellious, and take over the world. Bye for now.